We're going to be learning in Chidusha Rabbeinu Chaim Alevi, the second piece in Ilchus Kalim. This is Perak Yudalat, Halacha Ches and Halacha Tes. And the issue that Rab Chaim is discussing in this piece is a somewhat technical one, which is that the Halacha is that a clay cheres, an earthenware vessel, does not become tame from the outside if the Tumah touches the outside. Only if the Tumah goes inside. Now, the Halacha is that Toch Tocho, if there's a vessel inside a clay cheres, so the stuff inside the smaller vessel is not considered inside the larger clay cheres. So Rab Chaim is going to explain the view of the Rambam and the Raivid how to interpret that halacha. The Rambam writes, If there was a vessel, it need not be specifically an earthenware vessel, any vessel that has Tumah inside of it. And then he put that vessel with the Tumah in it inside the airspace of a Klecheres, an earthenware vessel. So now there's a large Klecheres with another vessel inside of it with Tumah in that smaller vessel. Now, the smaller vessel's rim is above the klecheres. So it's not fully inside the klecheres, it's jutting out. So the Rambam rules, even though the tuma itself is inside the klecheres, so the tuma is downwards in the vessel, so it is in the airspace of the klecheres, still the whole klecheres is tahor, because the halacha is that the tuma has to be inside the klecheres, not inside something which is inside the klecheres. Now, likewise, in the other direction, the klecheres was tamei. And then he put a smaller vessel that had food and liquids inside of it. Now the smaller vessel's rim is above the klecheres, so it's not entirely in the klecheres, it's jutting out. So again, the liquids and the food inside the smaller vessel are tahor. The Torah says that anything inside Inside the klecheres becomes tame, not things that are inside another vessel inside the klecheres. So since these vessels are not fully immersed in the klecheres, they're jutting outwards, so the tuma inside the vessel does not travel to the klecheres, and the foods and liquids inside the vessel do not become tame from the airspace of the klecheres. But now the Rambam adds that's only if the smaller vessel is a complete vessel. But if it has holes, if the smaller vessel that was placed in the klecheres has a hole, then it's not going to protect the transfer of the tuma inside and out. If there was a sheretz, a dead bug, in the smaller vessel, and he put it in the airspace of the larger klecheres, even if the smaller vessel is jutting upwards, it still makes the klecheres tame. And the other way, If he puts the smaller vessel with a hole in it, in a tame klecheres, so the foods and liquid in the 
smaller vessel become Tameh. Now, how big does this hole have to be that it nullifies the vessel's ability to stop the Tumah from going in and out? So it depends on the material. If it's one of the regular materials, not Klecheres, like metal, so then it's Bimotzi Zesim. If the size of the hole is large enough for an olive to fit through, because that's the standard measurement of a food. So if it's big enough for that, it means that it's not really a full container. If it was a klecheres, so then it depends on the purpose. If it's made for holding food, then the measurement of the hole, again, is the size of an olive. If it's made to hold liquid, so then the measurement is if liquid is able to go in it. If it's made for both foods and liquids, so then we follow the stringency, which is the smaller hole enough for liquids to go in. Now, the Ravid disagrees with a few points in the Rambam, but he disagrees with this last point that the Rambam distinguishes how big the hole needs to be in order to stop the Tumah from traveling in and out, depending on which material the vessel is made of. So the Ravid argues that when it comes to Tzamid Pesil, which is this halacha, that the vessel stops the Tumah from going into it or out of it. So there we do not find the difference between metal vessels versus Klecheres. When do we find a difference? So the Ravid says that's with regards to Kibule Tumah, in terms of the vessel being able to become Tameh to begin with, because only an actual vessel becomes Tameh. If it's unusable, so it's just a piece of material that's sitting there, then it does not become Tameh. So there, there is a distinction in what size hole renders this vessel totally unusable. When it comes to klecheres, we follow whatever it was intended to store. So if the klecheres is intended to store olives, the size of the hole would be an olive. If it's intended to store cookies, the size would be a cookie. As opposed to clay eights, wooden vessels, where the size of the hole is the size of a pomegranate. Because wooden vessels, one can fix. So if the hole is less than the size of a pomegranate, it's still usable. A person will fix it or make do with it until it has such a large hole that even a pomegranate would fall through. So then the vessel is totally useless. So there is a difference between materials in terms of what makes a vessel unable to become tame. It makes it not a vessel anymore. When it comes to wooden materials, it has to be a larger hole, as opposed to klecheres, which are harder to fix. So even a smaller hole at what whatever point it can't be used for its original purpose makes it not a vessel anymore. But that's all in terms of making the vessel no longer a vessel to become tame. In terms of tzamid pesil, so stopping the tumah from traveling outwards, so there the rules are stricter. All materials are the same, that as soon as it has a hole the size of whatever it was intended to store, whether it's wooden, metal, or klecheres, it automatically does not have tzamid pesil anymore because the Tumah goes in and out. And the Ravid adds, this is an explicit Mishnah in the 8th chapter of Kalim. So why is the Rambam making a distinction between Klecheres versus other materials that Klecheres, it depends on what the vessel was intended to store originally, either food versus liquids, whereas other materials, the Rambam says, it always depends on the opening of an olive size 
even if the material was intended to store liquids. But says the Raivid, the Mishnah says that all materials are the same in terms of Tzamit Basil, that it always depends on whether it was intended to store liquids versus foods. So the debate between them is in a vessel of other materials, not Klecheres, that was intended to store liquids, that now has a very small hole. It's not the size of an olive, but it is enough for liquid to go through. So according to the Rambam, that vessel still protects the Tumah from going in and out. And according to the Raivit, it does not. Now, the Raivit does not say exactly what Mishnah he's referring to, but Rab Chaim identifies this as a Mishnah in the 8th chapter of Kalim, Mishnah 2. It says, Haisa Shlema, if the smaller vessel was complete, Vechein HaKupa, Vechein HaChemas, or if it's a basket or a bottle to drink, HaSheretz Besocha HaTanor Tahor. If there's a Sheretz inside the smaller vessel, the Tanor, the larger Klecheres, is Tahor. HaSheretz Batanor, Ochlin Shebesocha Tahorin. The other way, if the Sheretz is in the oven, the large Klecheres, so the food in the smaller vessel is Tahor. Nikvo, if there's a hole in the smaller vessel, so HaAsui LaOchlin Shiuran Kazesim. If the vessel was made to hold food, so the size of the hole that would invalidate it is the size of an olive. HaAsui LaMashkin Shiuran Kamashkin. If the vessel was made to hold liquids, so the measurement of the hole is the size of liquid. If it's made for both solids and liquids, so then we follow the stringency, which is the smaller size hole that allows in liquids. So the Mishnah says this whole halacha, but it does not differentiate between klecheres versus other vessels. It says that regardless of the material of the vessel, it always depends on whether it was made to hold liquids or solids. And even more so, says Rab Chaim, the kupa and the chemas, the basket and the drinking bottle that the Mishnah refers to were generally made from animal hides. So this is very clearly not a klecheres, it's not earthenware, it's the other materials. It's included in klechetef, and still the Mishnah differentiates between liquids versus solids. So this is the Mishnah that the Ravid says, says clearly that even for other material vessels, not only klecheres, it depends whether the vessel was made to hold liquids versus solids in terms of the size hole that stops it from protecting the tumma from going in and out. So why does the Rambam limit this distinction between liquids and solids only to klecheres, not to other vessels, where he says that it all depends on a hole the size of an olive, and that seems to contradict the Mishnah. So to answer the Rambam, Rab Chaim says, he must have interpreted that the case of the Mishnah, of the kupa and the chemas, the basket and the drinking bottle, is referring specifically to klecheres, even though generally they're made from hides of animals. The Mishnah is specifically referring to ones that were made from earthenware material, and that's why there's a difference between solids and liquids. But when it comes to other materials, the Mishnah is not talking about that, and there, according to the Rambam, everything depends on the size of an olive hole. Now, the Rambam obviously didn't just make this up out of thin air. This is based on a Sifra in Shmini, Parsha Zayin, Halacha Ches and Tes. The Sifra comes the Torah says, Kol anything in the Klecheres becomes Tame, not Besoch Tocho, not if it's inside a vessel that's inside the Klecheres. So this is the whole halacha that the Rambam's discussing. Then the Medrash continues, Maybe even if 
if there's a hole in the smaller vessel, it still stops the Tumah from going in and out. So the Medrash says, no, that meets the criteria of Bisocho, because since there's a hole in the smaller vessel, it's considered like the Tumah is going in and out of the Klecheres itself. So that would transfer the Tumah. The Kamu Shiro Shal Nekev. Now, what is the size of the hole? So the Medrish says very clearly the distinction of the Rambam. Beklecheres Bekonis Mashke. When it comes to Klecheres, it's to allow in a liquid. Ubeklechetef Bemotzi Zesim. But for other material vessels, it's a hole that would let out olives. So this Medrish very clearly differentiates what material the vessel is. If it's a Klecheres, then it depends on whether it's supposed to hold solid or liquids, if it's clay shetef, other materials, so then it's across the board if it's an olive-sized hole, even if it's intended for liquids. So based on that, the Rambam interpreted that when the Mishnah differentiates between solids and liquids, it must be referring only to clay cheres, not vessels of other materials, and that's how he rules in the halachas. Now, says Rab Chaim, this medrash is actually a question on the Ravid, because the Sifra says very clearly that when it comes to non-clay cheres, other materials, clay shetef, it always depends on an olive-sized hole. It does not differentiate solid versus liquids. So why does the Ravid hold that there is a difference even when it comes to clay shetef against an explicit sifra? So to explain the Ravid's view, Rab Chaim tries to understand what is the distinction the Ravid is making between the criteria for something to be considered a kli, a vessel, in order to become tame, versus tzamid pisil, protecting the tumah from coming in and out. The Ravid says that those are two different concepts that follow different criteria, but Rab Chaim says, why should that be? Because when it comes to a vessel becoming tame, so it's clear that it depends on this vessel having the status of a clee. If it loses the status of a kli, so then it can no longer become tame. So that's why there's a difference depending on what size hole it is. Because until the vessel is unusable, so a person is going to continue to use it. So even if there's an olive size hole, but a person could still get some use from it, it's still considered a kli. Now, the Ravid says that that criteria does not apply to Tzamid Pesil, where the rules are stricter, but Rab Chaim questions that, because Tzamid Pesil also depends on it being a Kli. In other words, the criteria for a vessel stopping Tumah from going in and out is that it's considered a Kli. And this comes from the Mishnah in the fifth chapter of Para. Only vessels protect with Tzamid Pesil. So if they're totally enclosed, the things inside of them don't become Tameh. And if there's a Sheretz, a Tumah, in the airspace of a Klecheres, so everything inside of it becomes Tameh, except vessels. So we see very clearly that the criteria for this halacha of Hatsala preventing the Tumah from going in and out is also a Kli. So it's the same criteria as what vessel can become Tameh to begin with. So once we have a distinction in that halacha, why don't we apply the same distinction between klecheres versus other materials to the halacha of Hatsala as well? So Rab Chaim questions what the distinction the Ravid is making between these two halachas when they seem to have the same criteria, what is considered a kli. So to explain this, Rab Chaim quotes Tosos in Shabbos Tzadihei. The Gemara says, There are five details of the halachas of klecheres. 
Kleicheres. One is Le'inyan Samid Psilat, Shiyivchas Rubo O Kamotzi Rimon. A Kleicheres protects against the Tuma under the Tzamid Psil protection until it has a hole that's either a majority of the vessel or the size of a pomegranate. So Tosvos asks from the Mishnah in the ninth chapter of Kalim, which gives a different measurement. It says, Once the Klecheres gets a hole which is larger than what it was supposed to hold in it, so if it was supposed to hold solids, if the hole is larger than an olive size, it no longer protects under Tzamid Pesil. So this is a contradiction. The Gemara in Shabbos gives the measurement as a pomegranate or a majority of the vessel, which is a much larger measurement than the one in the Mishnah, which is depending on what this vessel was supposed to hold. If it was solids, it would be an olive size, and liquid would be for liquids to go inside. So Rabbeinu Tam answers that there's a difference between these two halachas. The Gemara is giving the measurement for at what point does the clay cheres lose the status of a vessel, and it cannot even be fixed. So once it has a hole the size of a pomegranate, there's no way to fix this vessel any longer, it cannot protect under Tzamid Pesil, even if the hole is plugged up. The Mishnah, though, which has a much smaller measurement, is talking about something different, which is that when there's a smaller hole, so depending on what the vessel is used for, if it's the size of an olive or if it's a liquid vessel, if it allows liquids in, now if the hole was smaller than that, then it would protect even without being plugged up. But once it's that minimum measurement, so the vessel no longer protects through Tzamid Pesil with a hole that size. But if the hole is plugged up, then the vessel goes back to protecting through Tzamid Pesil. So there's a basic difference between these two cases. If the person fixes the hole, they plug it up, whether the vessel goes back to working with Tzamid Pesil. Now, Rab Chaim explains this distinction conceptually, because when it comes to Tzamid Pesil stopping the Tumah from coming in, there are two components to the Halacha. One is that in order to do so, the vessel has to be a kli. If it's not a kli, it does not stop the tumma. That's the Gemara in Zvachim Daf Gimel. It says, Ochlin Shigavlan Betit, if food was put in cement, that does not protect it from tumma. So we see that cement is not going to stop the tumma because it's not a kli. Only an actual vessel stops the tumma. In addition to that, there needs to be a tzamid seal, a seal on the container itself. So the opening of the container has to be totally sealed to prevent the tumma from coming inside of it. So these two components are parallel to the two different measurements in the Gemara in Shabbos versus the Mishnah in Kalim. The Gemara is teaching at what point does this Klecheres lose the status of a Kli? So the answer is, if it has such a large hole that it's a majority of the vessel, or it's large enough for a pomegranate to go through, so then it lost the whole status as a kli, and there's no way to fix that. It cannot go back to being a vessel and protect through tzamid psil. So for this vessel, tzamid psil is now over. As opposed to the Mishnah, which is telling us the measurement for when the vessel is no longer considered sealed, at what point is it considered to have an opening? So that's a much smaller measurement. If it's intended for solids, it's an olive size measurement. Smaller than that is not considered an opening at all. That's just considered a 
hole, and in order to break the tzamid pesil, it needs to be an opening, not a hole. But once it has that minimum measurement, so now it's considered an opening, that breaks the ceiling of this container, so it doesn't protect under tzamid pesil anymore, unless the hole or the opening is fixed in, in which case it reverts back to being a sealed container. So that explains the distinction between these two measurements, and why the larger one is permanent, because the vessel loses its status as a kli at that point. Now, applying these two different components back to the Mishnah in the eighth chapter of Kalim, which deals with the halacha of a smaller vessel inside the larger clay cheres. So now, using Rabbeinu Tam's framework, we have a problem because the Mishnah explicitly says that the measurement is the smaller size, the olive size or the size of liquid going in. It's clearly consistent with the measurement that was used in the Mishnah in the next chapter, not the larger measurement of the Gemara in Shabbos. But the criteria of that halacha is the same as the Gemara in Shabbos. It doesn't matter whether there's an opening to this vessel. It matters whether it's a vessel or not. So that should depend on a larger measurement of a pomegranate size, not the smaller one of the olive size. So how do we explain this Mishnah, which is dealing with when the vessel loses its status as a kli, and yet it still applies the smaller measurement of an olive size? So Rab Chaim answers very brilliantly that in fact, the issue of this Mishnah is a third issue. It's not dealing with the question of the Gemara, at what point does the vessel lose its status as a and it's also not addressing the issue of the Mishnah in the ninth chapter, at what point is a hole considered an opening? This is a third criteria, which is that the whole context of these halachas is the distinction between tocho, inside the klecheres, versus toch tocho, inside a vessel, inside the klecheres. So that's the issue that this Mishnah is addressing. At what point is the tuma or the food inside a vessel, inside the klecheres, considered directly inside the klecheres. So that depends not on when it loses its status as a vessel, but it actually depends on when it has an opening. So that's why it's the same measurement as the Mishnah in the next chapter, that if there's an olive size opening, so now it's no longer a hole, it's an actual opening. And that's why it doesn't protect through summit pasil unless that opening is plugged up and sealed. So now the Mishnah extends this that if there's an opening, it's also not considered toch tocho. It's not considered in a vessel in a klecheres. It's now considered directly in the klecheres because through that opening, it's as if the objects in the smaller vessel are directly in the klecheres. So now this no longer has any of the rules of toch tocho, but it has the regular halachas of being inside a klecheres. That's why the klecheres becomes tame, or if the klecheres was Tameh, so the foods become Tameh. So that's how Rabbeinu Tam is going to explain this Mishnah and why it adopts the same measurement as that of an opening as opposed to when the vessel loses its status as a Kli. Now, the Rambam and the Raivet in Hilchus Tumas Meis Perak Chavbez follow the approach of Rabbeinu Tam. So using these ideas, says Rab Chaim, now we can explain the distinction that the Raivet makes in these halachas between when the vessel loses its status as as a kli to become Tameh versus when it loses its status as a kli to protect the things inside of it from the klecheres. Because the first one depends on the vessel no longer being a kli and that's a large measurement. It has to 
have a pomegranate-sized hole in it. So there, there's going to be a difference between clay shetef, other materials, versus clay cheres, because since it's easier to fix the other materials, a person's going to use them a lot longer. They're going to try to fix them before they get rid of them. So even if there's a larger hole, they're still considered a vessel. As opposed to clay cheres, which a person gets rid of as soon as they can no longer use it for its intended purpose. So that's why in those halachas, we find a clear distinction between clay shetef versus clay cheres, because the point at which the person no longer uses this vessel, so it's no longer considered a kli, is different. As opposed to this issue, which doesn't depend on losing the status of the kli. It depends on when there's an opening. And even the Rambam agrees with that because he applies the smaller measurement of an olive size. And he also says that the hole can be plugged up and then the vessel will protect stuff from the clay cheres. So we see it's not that the vessel lost its status as a vessel, but rather it's that if it has an olive size opening, that's considered an opening into the clay cheres. So the stuff in the smaller vessel is considered tocho directly in the clay cheres, not toch tocho. So that's why since it's only an opening, it can be plugged up and then the smaller vessel will continue to protect. So now the Ravid is asking on the Rambam if he himself agrees to this distinction. So why is he differentiating between a clay cheres and other materials when it comes to the opening of a vessel, not when the vessel loses its status as a kli, but when it's considered to have an opening, so there there's no difference between clay cheres and other materials. So the same criteria that applies to clay cheres, which is a distinction between solids and liquids, that same criteria for what's considered an opening should be parallel for clay shetef for all other materials. So that's the Ravid's question on the Rambam. How can you apply the distinction between clay cheres and other materials, which is only valid for when the materials lose being considered a vessel, and it depends on when someone would stop using this kli. So there is a basic difference between clay cheres versus other materials. But how can you apply that to this case where it doesn't depend on the kli losing its status as a vessel? It depends on whether there's an opening inside this vessel. So regardless of what material the vessel is, the criteria for what's considered an opening should be consistent. So now Rab Chaim wants to explain the debate between the Rambam and the Raivid, and he explains it conceptually how they understand this whole concept of toch tocho. The Rambam continues and he fills in some more details in this case. Sosam nekev klecheres bezefes. If the smaller vessel that had a hole in it was a klecheres, but then he plugged it in. So now it had a hole and it was filled in. So im haya sheretz beklizet. If the sheretz, the tumah, was in the smaller vessel, v'shil shelo la'avir hatan or hatahor, and then he put it into a larger klecheres oven, which was tahor. So the klecheres becomes tameh in this case. She'ein atzomid matzil ala tumah militamik moshe bi'arnu. Because since there was a hole, it no longer prevents the tumah from going into the klecheres. So in this case, where there's a plugged up hole in a small klecheres, the tumma does travel into the larger clay cheres. But the other way, if there was food or drink in the smaller vessel, and he put the smaller vessel 
in a larger klecheres oven, which was tamay. So the food in the smaller vessel remains tahor sharea nekev sasum, because the hole is plugged in. So the Rambam makes an interesting distinction when the hole is plugged in on a small klecheres, and then it goes into a larger klecheres. So if the tumas in the smaller klecheres, it travels outwards. But if the tumas in the larger klecheres, it does not go in to the small plugged up klecheres. If there's a vessel of other materials that had a hole and was plugged up, so in those cases, that neither stops the tumma from going out nor prevents the tumma from coming in. So there's another distinction here between a small klecheres versus vessels of other materials that a small klecheres that's plugged up at least stops the tumma from coming in, whereas other materials don't even do that, so once they get a hole and they're plugged up, they don't stop the tumma at all. So Rab Chaim wants to understand the conceptual idea for this distinction the Rambam is making. And he has two options. Is it that according to the Rambam, since there's a hole in this smaller vessel, it no longer qualifies as toch tocho? So it's not considered inside of something inside of the klecheres. The stuff in the small vessel is tocho. It's directly in the klecheres. So that whole leniency is not going to apply in this case even though the hole in the klecheres is now plugged up. Because once it got a hole, even if it's plugged up, it's no longer toch tocho. But there is another leniency, which is the regular tzamid seal that a sealed klecheres does not allow tuma in. Now that's a one-way leniency. Tzamid seal only blocks the tuma from coming into the vessel. It does not block the tuma from coming out. So that's what the Rambam means to say over here. Once the hole is plugged up, the smaller vessel does not go back to toch tocho, but it does now have the leniency of tzamid psil. As Rab Chaim quoted earlier from Rabbeinu Tam, the Rambam and the Raivid, that if a klecheres gets a small hole and then it's plugged up, so it goes back to being a tzamid psil. So in this case, there is tzamid psil. So that's why this small vessel stops the tumma from coming inside of it, but it doesn't block the tumma from going out into the larger klecheres. And according to this understanding, when the Rambam says that the tumma goes from the smaller vessel into the larger klecheres, as we already explained, so what he's referring to is his discussion of Tzamid Psil in the 20th chapter of Hilchus Tumas Mace. There he said that Tzamid Psil only protects the things inside of it, but it doesn't stop the tumma from going outwards. So that's what he's referencing in this halacha. Because at this point, since there was a hole that was plugged up, the whole case changed from a toch tocho halacha to a tzamid psil halacha. So that's the first way to explain this distinction. Or, says Rab Chaim, there's another option, which is that the Rambam is making a distinction even within the toch tocho leniency. So again, if there's a vessel inside of a klecheres, so the stuff inside that vessel don't become tame from the klecheres, and the tumma doesn't travel outwards into the klecheres. So the Rambam is making a distinction now within toch tocho. 
if it would be a complete vessel, so then we apply the toch tocho concept both ways. It both prevents the tumma from coming in and from going out. But once there's a hole that's plugged up, so now it has a tsamid, a seal on it. So the rules of tsamid of toch tocho are parallel to tsamid pasil. Just like a regular tsamid pasil only blocks the tumma from coming in, it doesn't prevent it from going outwards. So once there's a tsamid of so the smaller vessel has an opening which was covered over. So the rules of tsamid of tochtocho are exactly the same. They only prevent the tumma from coming in and not from going out. So the Rambam's distinction between the tumma going in and coming out is not because it's tsamid pasil. This is still a case of tochtocho, but it's a case of tsamid of tochtocho and the rules of tsamid tochtocho parallel regular tsamid pasil that the tumma does not go in, but it does go out. So Rab Chaim brings a proof from the Tosefta. If there's a smaller vessel that's in a larger klecheres, but the rim of the small vessel goes above the klecheres, if the sheretz is in the small vessel, the tanor, the klecheres is tahor. If there's a sheretz, a tuma in the oven, so the food in the smaller vessel is tahor. So these are the basic halachas we know. If there's a hole and then he plugged it up, so then if there's tuma in the small vessel, the larger klicheres becomes tame. Because there's no tzamid psil to prevent the tuma from traveling outwards. If the tuma is in the larger klicheres, so the food in the smaller vessel is tahor. Now, if there's a barrel that's sunk in the tanor, nikva if it got a hole and he plugged it up, if the tumma is in the smaller chavis, the little barrel, so the tanor, the oven, becomes tame because again, the tzamid psil doesn't prevent the tumma from going outwards. But if the tumma is in the tanor, so the food inside the chavis is tahor because the tzamid psil does protect the tumma from coming in. But now the Tosefta adds a very important detail in this case of the barrel that's in the oven, if he plugged in the hole of the smaller vessel, not with tit, which is like clay or mud, but he filled it in with zephes, with real solid cement. So this is a much more solid fixing than the original case. So then if there's tuma inside the smaller vessel, the larger klecheres is tahor, because the zephes, the cement, is considered a much more solid fixing. So now the vessel is self-contained and it prevents the tuma from going out. Now this only applies to the but other vessels, even if he filled in the hole with zephes, it doesn't make a difference. It's the same as the tit, and the tuma doesn't go in, but the tuma does go out. So there's one exceptional case, according to the Tosefta, where a chavis got a hole, but it was filled in with zephes, so a much more solid fixing. So the tuma does not go in, and it also does not go out, and the larger tanor klecheres is still tahar. 
So Rab Chaim explains that the distinction this Tosefta is making between the first case of vessels, which were Sal, Kupa, and Chemas, versus the Chavis, is the same distinction as Kleshetef versus Kleheres. So the first group of vessels are made from other materials, and the Chavis, the barrel at the end, is made of Kleheres. So that's why the Tosefta differentiates if they were filled in with Zephes, because only for Kleheres is that considered solidly filled in. It doesn't make a difference for other vessels of other materials if it's filled in with clay or zephes. Either way, it's not a solid fixing. So that's the distinction that Tosefta is making at the end, that zephes is a solid fixing for a chavis because zephes is a solid fixing for a klecheres, but it's not a more solid fixing for other material vessels. So that's why in the first cases, it doesn't make a difference. So the basic distinction between the two cases is clay shetef versus clay cheres. So now we have a case in the Tosefta of vessels of other materials, not clay cheres, and the Tosefta still says that if they get a hole that's plugged in, so they protect the stuff inside of them from the Tumah coming in, even though they don't stop the Tumah from coming out. And that cannot be from Tzamid Psil, because Tzamid Psil is a unique halacha for Klecheres. Only a Klecheres stops Tumas mace, the Tumah of a dead body, from coming inside of it if it's sealed. A metal vessel or other materials is not going to stop the Tumah, because anyways, the outside of the vessel becomes Tameh, so the Tumah comes right in, so it doesn't matter if it's sealed. Only a Klecheres doesn't become Tameh from the outside. And not only when it comes to Tumah of a dead body, but even this type of Tumah that we're talking about here of being inside a Klecheres. So the Sifra in Shmini Parak Tess writes that Samid Psil does not stop the Tumah of a Klecheres from coming in. So it cannot be that the reason why the Tumah does not enter in the first case of the Sal, the Kupa, and the Chemas is based on Tzamid Psil. It has to be because of Toch Tocho. Because Tzamid Psil does not apply to vessels of those materials. So the only way to stop the Tumah from coming in is because of Toch Tocho. The food inside those vessels is not considered in the Klecheres. It's considered inside a vessel in the Klecheres. So the Tumah does not go in there. So from the fact that the Tosefta applies this halacha, that if the smaller vessel gets a hole and it's plugged in, it still stops the Tumah from coming in. The Tosefta applies that even to clay Shetef. So it cannot be that it works through the mechanism of Tzamed Psil. It must be like Rab Chaim's second formulation, that even Toch Tocho prevents Tumah from coming in once the hole is filled in, based on the rule of Tzamed of Toch Tocho. So we have a proof from this Tosefta to Rab Chaim's second formulation. But Rab Chaim suggests a very brilliant counter to this proof, which is once a vessel gets a hole, so it loses the status of being a vessel, so now, ironically, it does protect through Tzamid Psil. That's what the Mishnah in the 10th chapter of Kalim says, If there's a wooden vessel which cannot become Tame, so it does have Tzamid Psil. In other words, the problem with a vessel other than Klecheres having Tzamid Psil is that the Tumah just comes comes in through the outside. But once it loses its status of a vessel, so now the vessel itself is no longer going to become tame because it can't become tame. It's not a vessel. So now whatever's inside of it could be protected if it's sealed because it's like the equivalent of a klecheres. 
it doesn't become Tameh on the outside. So this now counters Rab Chaim's proof from the Tosefta because we could argue that the Sal, the Kupa, and the Chemas, once they get a hole, are no longer considered a vessel. So now Tzamid Psil is going to work. So maybe the Sal, Kupa, and Chemas that got a hole and then was plugged up, the way they protect the food inside of it is in fact based on Tzamid Psil because they're no longer considered a vessel. Says Rab Chaim, this counter is not going to work for two reasons. First of all, because as Rab Chaim said, the size of the holes in these two halachas are different. The size of the hole that stops the smaller vessel from preventing the tumah of the klecheres is much smaller. According to the Rambam, it's the size of an olive. According to the Ravid, it's either an olive or if it's a liquid vessel, it's the size of liquid. But either way, we're talking about a smaller hole. So in order for the tumah of the klecheres to go into the smaller vessel, it only needs to have a smaller hole. As opposed to the vessel losing its ability to become tame at all, so that the Mishnah in the 17th chapter of Kalim says that it has to have a hole the size of a pomegranate. That's a much bigger hole. So in the case of the Tosefta, it just said that there was a hole, which seems to imply even if there was an olive-sized hole. So this smaller vessel could still become tame. It's nowhere near a pomegranate-sized hole, so it's still considered a kli, so it still becomes tame. But there is a hole large enough that it doesn't stop the tuma from coming into the foods inside of it. And still the Tosefta says in that case, if the holes are plugged up, then the tumma no longer comes in. So that cannot work based on Samid Psil, because again, Samid Psil is not going to apply to non-Klecheres. And this is a Kli of another material. So it cannot prevent the tumma from coming in through Tzamid Psil. It must be based on Toch Tocho. And even more so, says Rab Chaim, according to the view of the Ravid, it must be this way. That the case of the Tosefta is talking about a hole that the smaller vessel did not lose its status as a vessel. And this is based on a debate between the Rambam and the Ravid, how to interpret the Gemara in Shabbos. It quotes that Rav Asi said, Shamati Klecheres Shiuro Kamotzi Rimon. The measurement for a Klecheres to lose its status as a vessel is if it has a hole the size of a pomegranate. So Rava said, maybe that refers to the halacha of tzamid psil, that if it has a hole that size, it no longer protects the things inside of it. But it's not talking about the halacha of whether this vessel itself becomes tameh. So the Gemara asks, But Rava has a different measurement for when the klecheres loses tzamid psil, which is a majority. If there's a hole that's a majority of the vessel, then it loses Tzamed Psil. So how can he now say that the measurement for losing Tzamed Psil is a hole the size of a pomegranate? So the Gemara answers There's a difference between a large Klecheres versus a small Klecheres. So the Gemara is saying that there are two measurements. One is a hole the size of a pomegranate. One is a hole in the majority of the vessel. And they line up with a small versus a large Klecheres. But how do we line them up? 
So Rashi explains that if it's a large klecheres, it has to be missing a majority. If it's a smaller klecheres, then a hole the size of a pomegranate makes it lose tzamid psil. And that's how the Rambam rules in Hilchus Tumas Mace, Perak Chavbez, Halacha Gimel, like Rashi, that the measurements are for a larger klecheres, it has to be missing a majority of it. For a smaller klecheres, it's a hole the size of a pomegranate. But Tosfos quotes the Ri who disagrees. He says it's the opposite. If it's a large klecheres, so then a hole the size of a pomegranate makes it lose tzamid psil. And if it's a smaller vessel, so even if it's a smaller hole than the size of a pomegranate, if it's a majority of that small vessel, so then it loses tzamid psil. And the Raivid in Hilchus Tomas Meis agrees with Tosfos. So basically we have a debate between Rashi and the Rambam versus Tosfos and the Raivid. And according to the Raivid's view, when it comes to a large klecheres, a hole the size of a pomegranate makes it lose tzamid psil. But a smaller klecheres, even if it has a smaller hole, if it's a majority of the vessel, it loses tzamid psil. So now if we apply this to the case of the Tosefta, it says that if there was a vessel that got a hole and he filled it in, so it protects the food inside of it from the tuma coming in. Now according to Tosos and the Raivid, that has to be talking about a case where the hole was less than the size of a pomegranate, because if it was more than that, there is no way to fill it in and for the vessel to protect the food inside of it again. According to Rashi and the Rambam, perhaps it's talking about a very large vessel, so even though it got a hole the size of a pomegranate, it can still be filled in. But according to Tosos and the Raivid, there is no possibility of ever filling in a hole larger than the size of a pomegranate. So the case in the Tosefta has to be where the hole is smaller than a pomegranate. So that means that this vessel did not lose the status of a kli. It can still become tame, which means that since we're talking about clay shetef, it cannot be a tzamid psil. So the way the vessel stops the tumah from coming in cannot be tzamid psil. It must be because of toch tocho. So from the view of the Raivid, we have clear proof that in this case of the Tosefta, the vessel we're dealing with is still considered a clay shetef. It has not lost the status of a vessel. It just has a hole in it. And since the hole was plugged up, it continues to protect the things inside of it. That cannot work because of tzamid psil, because tzamid psil does not apply to clay shetef. And the case of the tosefta is a clay shetef that still protects the things inside of it. So it has to be toch tocho, even after it got a hole, once it's plugged in, toch tocho kicks back in. So Rab Chaim has very brilliantly proven from this Tosefta that there is a rule of tzamid of toch tocho, that if a smaller vessel in a klecheres has a hole that's plugged in, it continues to protect the things inside of it because of toch tocho. But even though it stops the tumah from coming in, it does not stop the tumah coming out because tzamid of toch tocho works parallel to the way tzamid psil works. But now Reb Chaim adds that in fact this is not so simple in the Tosefta because there is another version of the Tosefta in the printed editions which says something very different than the version Reb Chaim's been discussing until now. Reb Chaim's version which is in the Rosh and other commentators is that if there's a clay shetef, a non-klecheres vessel that gets a hole and is filled in, it blocks the tumah from coming in even though it doesn't block the tumah from going out. So it's parallel to 
the Klecheres, which also has the same rules. On the other hand, there is another version of the Tosefta in some printed Toseftas, which says the exact opposite, that a non-Klecheres, so the Sal, the Kupa, and the Chemas, that gets a hole and it's filled in, it does not block the Tuma from coming in. So the food inside of that Klechetef becomes Tameh. So according to that version of the Tosefta, there's now a key difference between Klecheres, the case of the Chavis, versus Klechetef, the Sal, the Kupa, and the Chemas. When it comes to Klecheres, if it gets a hole and it's filled in, it goes back to blocking the Tuma from coming in, even though the Tuma goes out to the larger Klecheres. As opposed to Klechetef, that once it gets a hole, it does not block the Tuma from going out or coming in. So says Rab Chaim, based on the framework that he developed, now we could explain this other version of the Tosefta. This version of the Tosefta holds that once a vessel gets a hole, even if it's filled in, it loses the status of Toch Tocho, and it never goes back to Toch Tocho. So filling in the holes does not resume Toch Tocho, and even more so because the Tuma is anyways going to be traveling out. So it's obviously not going back to the way it was. A full vessel blocks the Tumah from coming in and going out. Once it has holes, even if they're filled in, the Tumah goes out. So it never goes back to being Toch Tocho. And because of that, it also can't block the Tumah from coming in. Now, the only way it could stop the Tumah from coming in is the regular old halacha of Tzamid Psil. Any sealed container blocks the Tumah from going in. So that's the view of that version of the Tosefta. That's why it only applies to Klecheres, because there is no Tzamid Psil for Klei Shetef. So that's why the Tosefta makes a distinction that if it's a Chavis, if it's a small Klecheres, then it does block the Tumah from coming in, that's the rule of Tzamid Psil. But if it's Klei Shetef, it does not block the Tuma from coming in because there is no Tzamid Psil and it never goes back to Toch Tocho. Now, the first version of the Tosefta that said that even Klei Shetef that got a hole and are filled in block the Tuma from going in, so the food inside of them is Tahor, that version disagrees conceptually and it holds that Toch Tocho does come back once the holes are filled. So even though when there are holes, the food inside the smaller vessel are considered directly in the larger klecheres. Once the holes are filled in, so now it's considered toch tocho. So that's why even klechetef, not only klecheres, but all types of materials block the tuma from coming in because the halacha of toch tocho applies equally to klechetef and klecheres. Only tzamid psil is limited to klecheres. So that's why that version holds that they're equivalent. The chavis as well as the sal, the kupa, and the chemas are all the same that once the holes are filled in, they block the tumma from coming in, even though the tumma goes out. So according to this analysis, the two versions of the Tosefta are debating exactly this issue that Rab Chaim's discussing. What is the reason that a smaller vessel where the holes are plugged in blocks the tumma from coming in? Is it Samid Psil or is it Samid of Toch Tocho? Once the holes are sealed, so it again becomes Toch Tocho. So it turns out that that issue is a debate between these two versions of the Tosefta. Now Rab Chaim adds that it seems that the Rambam and the Raivid had each of these versions. Now this is not clear in their writings, but from Rab Chaim's analysis he proves it. The Rambam that he quoted earlier in Halacha Yud concludes, V'shar kol ha-kelim shesosman b'zefes v'chayotzebo eno matzel miyad klecheres. 
other vessels, clay sheteth, that got a hole and were filled in with zephes, with the stronger cement, do not block the tumma from coming in. So now this distinction between other vessels where zephes, cement, is not considered a good filling versus clay cheres, where it is, that's already in the tosefta. So on that point, the Rambam is recording the tosefta. But in a few other ways, the version of the Rambam seems to totally contradict the tosefta that we have. So first of all, the Rambam differentiates when a clay cheres is filled in with zephes, that it only blocks the tumma from coming in and not going out, as opposed to our tosefta, which said that if it's filled in with cement, it blocks the tumma in both directions. In addition, the Rambam implies that if the clay cheres is filled in with the teat, the lower level mud, so that would not block the tumma from coming in, whereas the Tosefta says that that's the case where it blocks the tumma from coming in, but not from going out. So that's another discrepancy. And finally, the Rambam says that non-clay cheres that are filled in with cement don't block the tumma from coming in. So it sounds like even if they're filled in with teat, with mud, they also don't block the tumma from coming in. And that goes against the Tosefta again, which said that non-clay cheres, only zephes doesn't help. But if it's filled in with mud, then that does block the tumma. So there's three discrepancies between the Rambam's rulings and the Tosefta. Now the Raivet in his comments on this halacha in the Rambam points out that these halachas go against our version of the Tosefta and he quotes the Tosefta as we have it. So the Raivet writes, This whole distinction in a klecheres that it only blocks the tumma from coming in, not from going out, that only applies when it was filled in with the lower level mud. But if it was filled in with cement, so that's considered a complete filling and it blocks the tumma both from going in as well as out. And the Ravid describes this beautifully, because the zephes, the cement, is a complete full filling. So it's as if this vessel is now totally complete with the rim jutting out of the larger clay cheres. So that's the classic case of toch tocho, a complete smaller vessel with the rim jutting out. So the tumma does not go in or out. There's no transfer of tumma whatsoever. So the same is true of a klecheres that's filled in with zephes. So that so far is exactly what we have in our tosefta. Aval shar hakelim, but non klecheres vessels. So again, the Ravid quotes the tosefta, ena zephes chibor lahen. Cement is not considered a filling, which the Ravid understands to mean that in that case, the tumma does travel outwards to the larger klecheres. So even though cement blocks the tumma from leaving a clay cheres, it does not block the tumma from leaving clay shetef, but still, according to the Ravid, it would block the tumma from going into the clay shetef. So a cement filling in non-clay cheres vessels is not a nothing, it just doesn't block the tumma from going out the way it does for a clay cheres, but it does block the tumma from going in. And then the Ravid adds, the kol shekenim sasman betit, certainly if he filled in the non-clay cheres with mud. 
So in that case, the Tosefta said clearly that it blocks the Tumah from coming in, but it doesn't stop the Tumah from going out. So according to the Raivid, Zephes cannot be worse than Tit. It might not be a better filling, but there's no way to say it's worse. So if Tit blocks the Tumah from coming in, then certainly the Zephes does as well. But since Tit doesn't block the Tumah from going out, the Zephes is no better when it comes to non-Kleicheres. It is better when it comes to Kleicheres, but not when it comes to Kleishetev. So the Tumah does transfer outside to the larger Kleicheres. So that's the way the Raivid sets up all these Halachas. Again, just to review briefly, there is a difference when a Kleicheres is filled in with Tit that the Tumah does not go in, but it does go out, as opposed to when it's filled in with Zephes, the Tumah does not travel anyway. As opposed to Kleishetev, which no matter what they're filled in with, Zephes or Tit, either way the Tumah does not go in, but it does go out. Now again, the Rambam in his presentation of these halachas is disagreeing with a few points that are in our version of the Tosefta. So Rab Chaim analyzes where the Rambam got his version of these halachas, and he says that it must be regarding the issue of a clay cheres that was filled in with cement, there must have been two versions of the Tosefta. The Rambam must have had a version that said that the Tumah does not go in, but it does go out, whereas our versions, which is what the Raivid has, says that the Tumah does not go in or out. So that explains why the Rambam records a different version of these halachas. He's obviously not disagreeing with the Tosefta. He's recording his version of the Tosefta, which said something different than the Raivids, which is the one that we have. But what about the second issue in terms of non-Kleicheres that are filled in with cement? So the Rambam implies that it doesn't even block the Tumah from coming in, meaning the Rambam seems to have understood this last line in the Tosefta that Shar Kol HaKelem, non that were filled in with cement, the cement is not a filling. So the Rambam seems to have understood that to mean that Zephes is not a filling at all. It neither blocks the Tumah from going out and it doesn't even block the Tumah from going in. So it's like the hole is totally there and there's nothing filling it in. So the Raivid asks on that, how does that possibly make sense? How could the cement be worse than the tit? One could say that it's no better, even though for Kleicheres, it's a more natural filling, so it is better than the mud. It could be for Kleishetef, where the cement is not such a natural filling, so it's not a stronger filling than mud. But it can't be worse than mud. So the Raivit asks on the Rambam, how could it be that mud blocks the Tumah from going into the Kleishetef, whereas cement won't? So that's why the Raivit understands that last line differently. That what the Tosefta means to say is that a cement filling for clay shetef does not block the Tumah from going out. So it's parallel to the tit. In both cases, the Tumah doesn't go in, but it does go out. So that's what the Tosefta means to say. But again, we have a question on the Rambam who interprets it to be saying that if the non Kleicheres is filled in with cement, it's totally useless and the Tumah even goes in. How could it be worse than clay? And says Rab Chaim, even if you want to argue that the Rambam does believe that cement is worse than clay when it comes to non Kleicheres. So the way to argue that would be that when it comes to the cement is such a natural filling that it's much stronger than clay, as opposed to clay shetef, where the cement is so unnatural a filling that it's actually worse than a mud filling. So it is possible to argue that for clay shetef, mud is a better filling than cement. But why then didn't the Rambam mention the whole halacha of clay shetef that are filling?
filled with mud. All he told us is that if they're filled with cement, it's useless and the tumah goes in. But he never mentioned the whole halacha that if they're filled with mud, they block the tumah from going in. So we're back to the question, why does the Rambam never mention any filling of a clay shetef that does block the tumah from going in? Says Rab Chaim, because the Rambam has the other version of the Tosefta, where it actually says that non-clay cheres never stop the tumah from going in. Not only if they have cement filling, but even if they have a mud filling, they're never able to block the tumah from coming in. So that's exactly why the Rambam never records a halacha that non-klecheres that are plugged up block the tumah from coming in because he has no such halacha. The Raivid has our version of the Tosefta where there is such a halacha. So it comes out that the Rambam and the Raivid, based on their versions of the Tosefta, are debating the conceptual basis of this halacha. According to the Rambam, the reason a vessel that's plugged up blocks the Tumah from coming in is because of Tzamid Pesil. So that only applies to Klei Cheres, not to Klei Shetef. That's why regardless of how they're plugged up, either with cement or with mud, either way they don't block the Tumah from coming in. As opposed to the Raivid who understands the reason a plugged up vessel blocks the Tumah is because it resumes Toch Tocho. So that applies to non-Klei Cheres as well as Klei Cheres. So this debate is is a debate between two versions of the Tosefta, and the Rambam and the Raivid each had a different version, so that explains their debate on this point. Then Rab Chaim adds that it need not be that this debate is because they had different versions of the Tosefta. Even if the Rambam had the Raivid's version of the Tosefta, where it says that in the first case of the Sal, the Kupa, and the Chemas that are plugged up, it does block the Tumah from coming in, and the food inside of them is Tahor. Even so, the Rambam could interpret it in line with his view, because he would just say that the case of the Sal, the Kupa, and the Chemas is where they're made of Klecheres. So it's not talking about a regular sal, kupa, and chemas, which are made of clay shetef. It's talking about clay cheres, and that's why they block the tumah from going in. But in fact, if they would be clay shetef, then they would not block the tumah from going in, because the whole reason it blocks tumah is because of tzamid psil, and that does not apply to non-clay cheres. And this is exactly the tactic that the Rambam used, according to Rab Chaim, to make sense of the Mishnah in the 8th chapter of Kalim, which differentiates within the kupa and the chemas between what their intended use was for, which according to the Rambam, that only applies to Klei Cheres, not Klei Shetef. So Rab Chaim said the Rambam could just read that Mishnah as referring to a kupa and chemas of Klei Cheres, not the usual case where they're Klei Shetef. So the same thing could be in this Tosefta that the Rambam is comfortable saying that these cases refer to Klecheres even though they seem on the surface like they're Klechetef. So according to the Rambam, Rab Chaim's whole assumption that the first case of Sal, Kupa, and Chemas is Klechetef and the Chavis is Klecheres is not true. It's all Klecheres. That's why in all the cases of the Tosefta, it blocks the Tumah from coming in based on the rule of Tzamid Pesil. And then the last line of the Tosefta says that not non-Klecheres vessels, so this is the first time the Tosefta is addressing Klechetef, those vessels don't block the Tumah at all, not from going out and not even from going in, whether they're filled in with cement or whether they're filled in with mud, either way, it's like they still have a hole and the Tumah goes right in. So that's how the Rambam could interpret the Tosefta, even according to the Ravid's version, but either way, the same framework remains. According to the Rambam, this vessel blocks Tumah because of Tzamid Psil, 
Gimel, so it does not apply to non-Kleicheres, and according to the Raivit, it blocks it because of Toch Tocho, so it applies to Kleishetef as well. So what emerges from the Rambam, the way Rab Chaim's interpreting him, is that the Rambam has no distinction between if the filling was mud or cement. According to the Rambam, if it's a Kleicheres, so regardless of what it's filled in with, it's going to block the Tumah from coming in, based on some Ipsil, but it does not block the Tumah from going out, again, based on some Ipsil. And it doesn't make a difference whether the filling is mud or cement, because the Rambam doesn't have that whole distinction in his versions of the Tosefta. Now, when it comes to non-Kleicheres, so they don't block the Tumah at all, not even from coming in, because they don't have Tzamid Psil, so again, it doesn't make a difference whether it's filled with mud or cement, either way, the Tumah comes right in. So that's why the Rambam only rules about the case where it was filled with cement because all these halachas equally apply when it was filled with clay. There's no need to repeat anything because there's no difference. So according to the Rambam, regardless of what it was filled in with, Kleicheres block the Tumah from coming in and not going out and Kleishetef don't block anything. Now the Raivid disagrees with the Rambam because he does have a distinction in his Tosefta between whether it's filled in with mud or cement. If it's filled in with cement, so Kleicheres is a stronger filling and it blocks the Tumah from going out. Now the Raivid, as we know, interprets the cases of Sal, Kupa, and Chemas to be referring specifically to Kleishetef, not Kleicheres. That's how he understood the Mishnah in the 8th chapter of Kalim, which is why he disagreed with the Rambam originally. So that's how he understands the Tosefta as well, that the first case is Kleishetef, and there Tit blocks the Tumah from coming in. So the Raivid assumes the same would be true of Zephes, that it too blocks the Tumah from going in, but neither of them blocks the Tumah from going out of the clay shatef. So according to the Raivid, if it's a klicheres, if it's filled in with mud, it only blocks the Tumah from going in, not out. If it's filled in with cement, it blocks the Tumah totally from going in and out. If it's non-klicheres, so then there's no difference if it's filled in with mud or cement. Either way, it blocks the Tumah from going in and not from going out. So that's how the Rambam and the Raivid set up this whole issue. And again, the conceptual debate is whether this plugged-in smaller vessel blocks the Tumah because of toch tocho or because of Tzamid Psil. Now, in the small paragraph, Rab Chaim raises the issue that the language of the Tosefta does not seem to fit in to the Rambam's perspective. The Tosefta explains that the reason for Klei Shetef, that Zephes doesn't block the Tumah, is because it's not a Chibor. It's not considered connected to the original vessel because cement and non-Kleicheres don't really go together. So Rab Chaim asks that according to the Rambam, that's not really the point. The real issue is that there's no Tzamid Psil when it comes to non-Kleicheres. Not that the cement is not considered connected to the original vessel. So Rab Chaim answers that first of all, we don't really know what the Rambam's version of the Tosefta was. He obviously had a very different version than we do, but we're not exactly sure what his version was. But we could fit his perspective into this phrase that what the Tosefta means to say is that since the cement is not a chibor, meaning it does not fill in the vessel, so it's not considered Considered toch tocho. It doesn't resume the status of being a vessel within the Klecheres. 
it's still as if it has holes, so the stuff inside the smaller vessel is like tocho of the clay cheres. So that's what the Tosefta is stressing, not that the cement is not considered a valid filling. It's saying that no filling is going to return this vessel to being considered a complete vessel, in which case it would be toch tocho. It's still considered a vessel with holes, so anything inside of it is considered tocho of the clay cheres. So that's a way to read this phrase in the Tosefta. So it's saying the overall perspective of the Rambam, that any vessel that got holes, even if it's filled in, it does not resume toch tocho. So the only way it could block Toma is because of Tzamid Psil, and that only applies to Klecheres, not Klechatev. So now Rab Chaim ties all of this together, and he returns to answer the original question that he began with on the Raivid, that he seems to contradict the Sifra. So the way Rab Chaim explains this is that when it came to Tzamid Psil, so there were in fact two different measurements. There was the smaller olive size measurement, which is considered an opening, but that can be filled in and the tzamid psil returns. Then there was the measurement of the Gemara and Shabbos, a pomegranate sized hole or a majority of the vessel, and that can never be filled in. So Rab Chaim wants to know, what about when it comes to toch tocho? So far we've only seen one measurement, which is the smaller size, that once there's an olive size opening, it's no longer considered toch tocho. But what about the second larger level of measurement? Do we find such a thing when it comes to toch tocho, that there's a larger measurement that can never be filled in? Or is it different than Samid Psil in that regard? So Rab Chaim points out that according to the Rambam, this is not a question to begin with because there is no way to fill in a vessel and bring back toch tocho at all. So even if the vessel gets an olive size hole and it's filled in, it does not go back to being toch tocho. It could bring back Samid Psil if it's a klecheres, but it does not bring back toch tocho. So it's very clear that toch tocho only has one measurement, which is the smaller size one. As soon as there's an opening in the vessel, it's no longer considered toch tocho. And even if it's filled in, toch tocho does not come back. So the pomegranate size opening is irrelevant. But what about according to the Raivid? He holds that you could fill in a smaller size opening and the toch tocho will come back. But at what point, according to the Raivid, does the vessel lose its status as a vessel and even filling it in is not going to help? So that was the setup when it came to Tzamid Psil. If it's an olive size opening, so then it loses Tzamid Psil, but if it's filled in, it goes back. If it's a larger pomegranate size opening, so then it loses its status as a vessel and even filling it in won't help. So if we apply that to Toch Tocho, if it has an olive size opening, it's considered an opening. And according to the Raivit, it could be filled in and the Toch Tocho will come back. But at what point does it lose its status as a vessel and filling it in won't help? Says Rab Chaim very brilliantly, that is going to resolve the contradiction between the Raivid and the Sifra. The question on the Raivid was that he said there is no difference between Klei Shetef and Klei Cheres when it comes to losing Toch Tocho. If the vessel's intended for liquids, so then a small hole that lets in liquids negates the Toch Tocho. And if it's for solids, then it's an olive size. But there's no difference between Klei Shetef and Klei Cheres as the Rambam said. Now in the Sifra, it clearly differentiates and it says that only Klei Cheres depend on their use. But Klei Shetef only lose the Toch Tocho if they have an olive size. So there's a larger hole that's required to lose Toch Tocho of a Klei Shetef 
than four clay cheres. Says Rab Chaim, the answer for the Raivid is that he understands the Sifra is talking about when it loses its status as a vessel and it can no longer be filled in. But that's a different issue than what the Raivid himself is discussing. The Raivid is commenting on the Rambam's Halacha, which is at what point does this vessel lose Toch Tocho and the Tuma travels in and out. So on that, the Raivid says there is no difference between Klei Shetef and Klei Cheres in both cases if it's intended for liquids. So even a small hole that lets in liquids lets in the Tumah. And if it's intended for solids, then it needs an olive size. But there's no difference between Klei Shetef and Klei Cheres. But the Raivid is not talking about the Halacha of if the holes are filled in. In fact, the Raivid holds that if the holes are filled in, the Toch Tocho does return. On that, he debates the Rambam as Rab explained. So the Ravid is only talking about before the holes are filled in. Now the Sifra is saying that the point at which the holes can no longer be filled in is when there is an olive size opening. So in that regard, there is a difference between Klei Shetef and Klei Cheres. Klei Cheres, it depends on the use, whereas Klei Shetef have a higher bar that regardless of use, it's always a hole the size of an olive that makes the vessel lose its status as a vessel and it can no longer be filled in. So that's where the Sifra says that there is a difference between Klei Shetef and Klei Cheres with regards to the point at which the vessel loses its status as a vessel and it can no longer be filled in. Klei Cheres is stricter than Klei Shetef that it depends on the use and if it's intended for liquids, even a small hole that lets liquids in can no longer be filled in. As opposed to Klei Shetef where such a hole could be filled in unless it's the size of an olive. So the Raivid is not contradicting the Sifra, he's talking about a different element. The Sifra is talking about the larger measurement of when it loses its status as a vessel and can no longer be filled in. And the Raivid is talking about the smaller measurement as to when it lets in the Tumah, but if it's filled in, it reverts to being Toch Tocho. Now, the Rambam, on the other hand, does not believe that any vessel could be filled in and revert to Toch Tocho. He does not have that whole concept, as Rab Chaim's explained. So that's why he he doesn't have this option to interpret the Sifra as referring to the point at which it can no longer be filled in because he holds even a regular opening. As soon as it loses the status of Toch Tocho, it can never be filled in. So there's no need to differentiate two different measurements. So the Sifra that differentiates between Klei Shetef and Klei Cheres must be referring to the original Halacha of when the Tumah goes in. And there's a difference between Klei Shetef and Klei Cheres that Klei Shetef always require an olive-sized hole to let the Tumah in. So that's why the Rambam in his halachas, on the very issue of whether the Tumah goes in or not, whether it loses its status of Toch Tocho to begin with, not whether it can be filled in, but whether even before it's filled in, the Tumah can go in. So there the Rambam differentiates between Klei Shetef and Klei Cheres based on the Sifra. So that explains how the Ravid and the Rambam arrive at their respective approaches based on how they understand the Sifra. It begins with the debate as to whether a vessel that got a hole can be filled in and revert to toch tocho. The Ravid holds it can, the Rambam holds it cannot. Based on that, the Ravid understands that the Sifra is talking about filling in the hole, but regarding which holes let in Tumah, there is no difference between Klei and Klei Shetef. If it's intended for liquid, even a small hole that lets in liquid lets in Tumah. The Rambam, though, cannot read the Sifra that way because he doesn't hold of these 
these two levels. So the Sifra must be saying to begin with that Kleshetef require a larger hole the size of an olive to allow Tuma in. So based on that, the Rambam is forced to interpret the case of the Mishnah of Kupa and Chemas, where it differentiates between solids and liquids, must be talking about a Kupa and a Chemas of Kleshetef, not Kleshetef. On the other hand, the Ravid understands that Mishnah in the usual way that the Chemas and the Kupa are Kleshetef and not Kleheres, and still there's a difference between solids and liquids. So this connects all of the different elements Rab Chaim has been discussing and shows how the Rambam and the Ravid have two totally different perspectives tying in a number of their debates together. Now in the final paragraph, Rab Chaim raises some questions with his interpretation of the Sifra. Because the way he's understanding the Sifra, it's saying that once a vessel has these size holes, which are an olive size for clay shetef across the board, and when it comes to clay cheres, there's a difference depending on usage between liquids and solids. So once there's a hole of those sizes, it loses its status as a vessel and it can no longer be refilled. So what that effectively means in regards to clay cheres is that the same size hole that allows in Tuma that removes the Toch Tocho status to begin with is also the hole that can never be refilled because it lost its status as a vessel. So there is no possibility, according to this reading, of ever filling in the holes of a klecheres and it reverts to being toch tocho. So that totally contradicts the Tosefta, especially the way the Ravid read it, where the Tosefta does say that even in the case of a klecheres, if it gets a hole and is filled in, so there is a way for it to revert back to toch tocho. So now, according to the Ravid's interpretation of the Sifra and the Tosefta, there's a total contradiction. The Sifra says that there is no case of refilling a clay cheres and it goes back to toch tocho because the same measurement that loses toch tocho also loses the status of a vessel and it can no longer be refilled. Whereas the Tosefta says there is a case of refilling a clay cheres's holes and it goes back to toch tocho. So Rab Chaim suggests that perhaps according to the Ravid, there is a distinction here between clay shetef and clay cheres. Clay shetef do have two different measurements. So if it gets a a small hole the size of a liquid, then it could be refilled. Unless it's an olive-sized hole, then it can never be refilled. So for clay shetef, there is a case of filling the holes and it goes back to being toch tocho. As opposed to clay cheres, where in fact there is no way to fill the holes and go back to toch tocho. Now that doesn't mean the clay cheres doesn't protect the stuff inside of it. It does, but not as toch tocho, as tzamid psil, which only applies to clay cheres, not clay shetef. So maybe that's how the Ravid makes sense of the Tosefta. The first case of Sal, Kupa, and Chemas, which are clay Shetef, so there, if the holes are filled in, the reason the vessel blocks Tuma is because of Toch, Tocho, and there is a way for that to happen. If the vessel was intended for liquids and it had a small hole which allows in liquids but is smaller than an olive, so that is a case where it could be refilled and it reverts to toch tocho. As opposed to klecheres, which is the second case of the tosefta, the chavis, so there any hole disqualifies the whole thing and it can never go back to toch tocho. But if it's filled in, it reverts to tzamid pesil. So that's why the klecheres blocks the tuma based on tzamid pesil. So in fact, at the end of the 
the day, clay cheres and clay shetef that are filled in work differently. So that's Rab Chaim's proposal to try to make sense of this in the Raivid, but obviously it's somewhat forced. Now Rab Chaim asks another question on this interpretation of the Sifra, because according to this, the Sifra is saying that if a clay cheres gets a hole, either the size of liquid or the size of an olive, it can no longer be refilled, which is obviously not true, because if it gets refilled, it's going to block the tumah because of tzamid pasil, unless the hole was a pomegranate size. So it's not true to say that an olive-sized hole cannot be refilled within a clay cheres. So Rab Chaim explains, obviously what the Tosefta would be saying is that even though the Klecheres does block the Tumah because of Tzamid Pesil, but it doesn't block it because of Toch Tocho. So that's the key point the Sifra is saying. It lost Toch Tocho even if the holes are filled in, and now the only way it can block Tumah is because of Tzamid Pesil. But now Rab Chaim asks a broader question. When do we ever need Toch Tocho that there's no Tzamid Pesil? In other words, what is the case when this would be relevant where there is no Tzamid but still the toch tocho would block out the toma. So says Rab Chaim, the case is going to be where the smaller vessel itself is Tameh. So a Tameh vessel does not block Tumah through Tzamid Pesil. In order for a vessel to be considered Tzamid Pesil, it itself has to be Tahar. So in this case, where the smaller vessel is Tameh, it's not going to stop the Tumah through Tzamid Pesil, but it could stop the Tumah through Toch Tocho, because Toch Tocho is not a Halacha of Hatzalah. It doesn't block the Tumah really. It just says that the stuff in the smaller vessel are not considered tocho inside the klecheres. Now, the only things that are affected by the klecheres are things that are directly within the klecheres. So anything which is toch tocho, it's considered inside of a vessel, inside the klecheres, is not affected by the klecheres, and it doesn't affect the klecheres. So that's the essential point of toch tocho, that it divides between the stuff in the smaller vessel and the klecheres itself. But it's not actually a protection against the tumma the way Tzamid Pasil is. So that's why even if the vessel itself is Tameh, it still creates Toch Tocho because the fact is that the stuff in the smaller vessel is not directly in the Klecheres. So even though the smaller vessel is Tameh and can't block the tumma, but the stuff inside of it is not going to be Tameh through the Klecheres. So that would be the case where Toch Tocho would help even though there's no Tzamid Pasil and that's what the Tosefta is telling us that if there's a hole the size of an olive, even if it was refilled, there's no more toch tocho. So in that case, the stuff inside would be tameh. And Rab Chaim proves this point that even if the vessel is tameh, it's still considered toch tocho from the halacha that if there's a small klecheres inside a larger klecheres and there's a sheretz, the tumah is in the smaller klecheres. So both the sifra and tosefta rule that the tumah does not travel from the smaller klecheres to the larger one. Now, obviously, the smaller klecheres becomes tameh because it has tumah inside of it. So that makes the smaller klecheres tameh. And yet still, the tumah does not travel further to the larger klecheres because it's considered toch tocho. So we see very clearly that even if the vessel is tameh, it's still considered toch tocho. That's what Tosos and Zvachim Gimel says. And it's unlike Tzamid Psil, where if it's tameh, it does not block the tumah. Whereas toch tocho is a division of area 
So even if it's Tameh, it's still considered Toch Tocho. So that's Rab Chaim's proof. And now that we know that Toch Tocho applies even to a Tameh vessel, so that explains what the Sifra is doing. It's saying that once the Klecheres has a hole, either the size of a liquid or an olive size, depending on the use, so at that point it can no longer be refilled and the Toch Tocho comes back. It's lost Toch Tocho, even though it has Tzamid Pasil. So if the vessel is Tahor, then it blocks the Tumah through Tzamid Pasil, but if it becomes Tameh, so then the Tumah comes in because there's no more Tzamid Pasil and there's no more Toch Tocho, even though the holes have been filled in. So that's how the Raivet understands the Sifra, but when it comes to the actual letting in the Tumah without refilling the holes, so there the Raivet holds that there's no difference between Klei Shetef and Klei Cheres if the vessel's intended for liquid, so even a small hole that lets in liquid lets in Tumah. So that's the explanation of the Raivid's approach, how it differs from the Rambam, and how he makes sense of the Sifra that seems to contradict him. So that's Rab Chaim's piece. His main focus is to show how the Rambam and the Raivid have a running debate through many of these cases, and a lot of them are very technical and detailed, but the Rambam and the Raivid have a consistent perspective throughout, making sense of the Mishnah, the Tosefta, and the Sifra, even though it's unclear exactly what versions of the Tosefta they had. So Rab Chaim tries to figure that out. Now, the main conceptual debate they have is when there's a smaller vessel that had holes and was refilled in a large klecheres, does it revert to toch tocho or it's tzamid pesil instead? In addition, Rab Chaim makes a few other important conceptual points about this concept of toch tocho. First of all, he says that in order to get rid of toch tocho, you don't need to nullify the whole vessel. Even a smaller hole, which is the size of an opening, removes the toch tocho because the stuff in the smaller vessel is not considered separate from the rest of the klecheres, it's considered directly in the klecheres itself. So that's an important definition of the concept of toch tocho. And similarly, at the end, he says that because of that, even if the vessel is tameh, it still protects through toch tocho because toch tocho is not a protection that blocks out the tumah. But rather, it's that the stuff in the smaller vessel are not considered inside the klecheres. So the rules of things inside a klecheres don't apply to them. So that's another Another important conceptual formulation about Toch Tocho. Now, in the Or Olam edition, they quote a very interesting historical comment of Dain Yisrael Yaakov Fisher from his margin of the Sefer, and he points out that Rab Chaim's basic framework that he sets up initially for explaining this Rambam and the Sifra that he quotes, so this already appears in an earlier Sefer, Menaf Toach, in his commentary on this Mishnah in the 8th chapter of Kalim. Now, this is a bit of a typo because the Sefer Meinaf Toach is not on the Mishnah Kalim, it's on the Rambam's introduction to Taharos, but what he really means is the Sefer Mayim Tahorim, which is by the same author as the Meinaf Toach, which is on the Mishnah in Kalim. Now, this author was the Slonimer Magid, Reb Yehuda Adel, he lived from 1757 to 1828, and he was a student of Rab Chaim Valajner. Now, there's an interesting historical tradition about the Slonimer Magid and Rab Chaim that Rav Steinman in the Sefer El Batamar on Brisk quotes.
quotes on page 45, which is that Rab Chaim Valozhner said, my son Yitzchak is the best darshan except for the Slonimer Magid. So the Soloveitchik family held the Slonimer Magid in high esteem from the time of Rab Chaim Valozhner. Now he records an interesting little tradition that the Slonimer Magid once got very ill and he was healed by bathing in a river. So in order to express his gratitude to Hashem for healing him, all the names of his Svarim have water or rivers in them. So the Slonimer Magid was a big expert in Tuma and Tahara, and he wrote these books on those topics. And he quotes that Rab Michal Feinstein, who was also a big expert in Tuma and Tahara, so he reported that when Rab Chaim learned Taharos, the Mishnayos on these topics, so he would use the Mayim Tahorim commentary. So basically, Rab Chaim, when he studied Taharos, relied on the Slonimer Magid's commentary amongst others. So Diane Fisher's comment is very interesting historically because this is an example where Rab Chaim's piece is based on the interpretation of the Mayim Tahorim. And in fact, the Mayim Tahorim in his discussion of this Mishnah in the eighth chapter of Mikvos, so he goes through this debate between the Rambam and the Raivid, and then at the end he quotes this Sifra that's such an important part of Rab Chaim's discussion. So it does seem likely that perhaps Rab Chaim came across this Sifra in the Mayim Tahorim commentary. Now, the Mayim Tahorim quotes from the Merkevis HaMishnah in his commentary on the Rambam that he said something which is relevant to Rab Chaim's approach. Rab Chaim, as we saw, said that in order to get rid of the status of Toch Tocho, you don't need to totally nullify the status of the Kli for the small inner vessel. All that needs to be is an opening. Once there's an opening between the smaller vessel and the larger vessel, it's as if the stuff in the smaller vessel is directly in the klecheres. So it loses toch tocho, and it's considered tocho directly of the klecheres. So according to Rab Chaim, getting rid of toch tocho is easier than getting rid of the status of the vessel. So the Merkevis HaMishnah suggests precisely the opposite concept. He thinks that even if it loses its status as a vessel, it can still block the Tumah from coming in because he believes that blocking the Tumah from coming in has to do with practically whether the air spaces are mixed together. So it's a very practical question. Does the Tumah have a route to go in or not? So even if the inner vessel lost its status as a vessel, if all the holes are plugged in so the air cannot go in from the outside klecheres to the inner vessel, then the stuff in the inner vessel will still be tahor. So based on that, the Merkevis Mishnah says that according to the Rambam, if the holes of the klecheres are plugged in, even though the Tumah continues to go outwards because that no longer blocks the Tumah from traveling outwards, it will still block the Tumah from going inwards. So it's interesting to see these two different perspectives.